Hello, everybody. My name is Davis King. My name is Sydney Fink. And uh, I'm from Washington State, not the capital, but if any of you guys know where Seattle is, that's where it is. I am from Iowa in the Midwest. And we uh, will be back in America by the time that you listen to this. And we wanted to leave you with one last little Christmas treat. So here is both of ours favorite song for Christmas. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you enjoy the song. We're going to get right into it. So on this podcast, Davis and I will be talking about a few different things regarding articles we had read during class. Exactly. And I think it was very interesting to take an American studies course while in a different country because it gives you a different perspective. And Sydney and I want to share our experience with you. And we want to begin with a conversation about our own experiences with angry white men while we've lived in America, such as Rush Limbaugh and others that we personally have had experiences with. So this will be an unedited discussion on angry white men, and we will also talk about the difference between America and Germany with regards to free speech. So for the first segment, I will be asking Sydney a few questions, uh, some easier than others to answer because this is a tough topic to talk about. But Sydney, take your time. Uh, and in the next segment, Sydney will be asking me questions. So let's begin. My first question is What has been your experience with Rush Limbaugh in America? My experience has been mostly in a small town in Iowa, which tends to be very, very conservative. I have listened to Rush Limbaugh many times in my life, willingly or not, just in the background noise. Um, it would be played at football games by many people on Friday nights with crowds there listening from the back of their Confederate flag toting trucks. Um, Rush Limbaugh was something very much a part of many people's daily lives, um, young and old including people such as close friends and grandparents I know who listen to it on a daily basis. So somebody that's always been there, an opinion that I, <laughs> many opinions I don't always agree with, but mm -hmm. just background noise yeah. typically. So you talked about in that the Confederate flag, something that is kind of a symbol of slavery and oppression, yes. but still in your experience very popular. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and it doesn't make much sense to me because Iowa has always been part of the North, mm -hmm. even in that war. But many people say that it is a symbol of freedom, freedom of speech. It's not a hate speech at all. It is American pride. Mm -hmm. And having not a lot of diversity in my hometown, there wasn't really anybody to stand up and say that they were personally taken taking offense by the flag it was just always carried around as a symbol of being american <laughs> wow that's really interesting yeah <laughs> for those of you who don't know the war that she's referencing is the civil war uh 1861 to 1865 mm -hmm. where the confederate flag was a symbol of the south so start off uh not start off but to continue on <laughs> excuse me uh, so Rush Limbaugh, he's the leader of millions. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at his 
rankings, and I think he has somewhat between 14 to 20 million viewers every week, um, even every day, I think. Um, what are uh, the similar, or uh, let's see. How is Rush Limbaugh and other angry white men like him, such as Alex Jones, different from other radio hosts, both in what they say and more importantly, how they say it? Well, one thing I've noticed is a lot of different radio shows try to not be quite as persuasive. Um, most radio I've listened to has been talk radio in the morning without trying to necessarily sway you politically in any way, shape, or form. And I've noticed that the angry white men tend to create an us versus them narrative, saying that there is one group that is truly American and everyone that falls outside of that circle is bad and threatening the American way of life that should be protected at all costs. And so just by dehumanizing anyone that is outside of their bubble, calling them feminazis or saying that they are illegal immigrants or terrorists just creates that villainous look almost upon mm -hmm. many, many people. Okay, yeah. And my next question is actually about the phrase you just used, feminazis, mm -hmm. which is coined by Rush Limbaugh. And in using this term, he is discrediting feminism by saying it is a threat. In your experience, and I guess you'd say as America as a whole, is feminism a threat? I think that, honestly, that's a tough question to answer because feminism in America currently tends to be a narrative of a straight, white, middle-class woman and trying to make life better for her while ignoring Latina women or black women or Native American women, women in poverty. And I think that that is an issue within feminism, but as a movement itself, I think trying to make life more equal for everyone is not a problem at all. It should be something supported in any form. Um, there are issues that need to be addressed. Um, but I think that anyone that says that they truly want America to, all Americans to have equal rights and opportunities and not be discriminated for anything, it should be supported. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, touching on that, I wanted to bring up, on page 40 of the article, Angry White Men, uh, it says, uh, the question is posed, how does one get ahead in Obama's America? And the answer that Rush Limbaugh gave is by hating white people or even saying you do. Make white people the new oppressed minority. They are moving to the back of the bus. That's the modern day Republican Party, the equivalent of the old South, the new oppressed minority. Would you say that white men are in any way a minority in America? No, <laughs> not at all. White men have ruled the narrative for a very, very long time, and there's not anything necessarily wrong with that. However, like there are many other people in America. White men are definitely not oppressed. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I wanted to go a little bit off that mm -hmm. 
path and talk in a bigger scale. Uh, so Rush Limbaugh is the leader of millions, like we said, of mm-hmm. upset Americans. And Donald Trump is the leader of the free world, as usually the president of the United States has been coined to be, as uh, sad to some people and to as happy as others as that is. Uh, have you seen any similarities between Donald Trump and Rush Limbaugh and how they speak, act, and lead? Yes, right off the bat, definitely. I think there's a lot of angry language between both of them. Donald Trump was once made fun of by some people for saying, we're going to build a wall and make Mexico pay for it, but that really resonated with a lot of other Americans who felt that their way of life was being threatened, something that Rush Limbaugh says every time he has an episode of his show come out. Um, Donald Trump was successful as a leader because he made people feel like they were listened to. And Rush Limbaugh is obviously doing the same thing as, you know, they are listeners to his show, but they also feel like they're part of a different community by listening to him, people that also want the same things. So I have one last question, Mm -hmm. and I know some of them have been difficult to answer, but to wrap up, why do Americans listen to angry white men, such as Rush Limbaugh, and, and, and really why do Americans elect uh, an angry white man such as Donald Trump? That might actually be the most challenging. Um, but I think a lot of Americans tend to see some part of themselves reflected in something that these men are saying, whether it is Um, feeling afraid of immigration and changes that may come with that or feeling like they're going to have some kind of power taken away from them if women are truly seen as equal by everyone or something will be threatened in their way of life. Um, So they get scared and somebody says that they're going to take care of their problems and hearing that is reassuring in any context and when somebody says it long enough and loud enough I think people are inclined to listen. Yeah. Yeah, Americans do not always agree on the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, All right, thank you for, uh, again, this was an unedited <laughs> session of Sydney. So following this will be an unedited session of uh, Davis. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. second segment, I'm going to ask Davis questions about free speech in America as well as in Germany. Davis, take as much time as you need as once again they may not be the easiest questions to answer. First off, you and I have had very different backgrounds in terms of where we grew up. I personally have seen free speech used in many different ways and contexts including racism, sexism, homophobia, etc. What, if any, experiences have you had with this aspect of free speech in your life? Uh, Washington is very liberal and very progressive, so I haven't had a ton of experiences with racism or sexism or really uh, degrading anybody based off of who they are or what they think because the Pacific Northwest, which is Oregon, Idaho, and 
Washington is very open-minded. Um, that is not to say that there is no sexism or racism there. Uh, I've had some experiences just walking through downtown um, with uh, a black friend and then someone comes along and says, you know, something about the KKK. So small things like that um, happen not daily in my experience, but um, it's still there, but not, I mean, you never see a Confederate flag really in Washington. It's just not part of the culture and the culture is very open-minded. So yeah, Washington and Idaho or Iowa, excuse me, are very different. Yeah, definitely. Um, so coming to Germany for the semester, we have all faced many cultural and lifestyle differences. Have you noticed any differences between Germany and the United States in regards to free speech and how it is used? Definitely. Um, no differences in which I've been hindered. Uh, I've learned that Germany has free speech, but um, because of the history with uh, Germany as a country, um, it, free speech is restricted on certain topics such as um, you know, supporting the Nazi party is illegal, um, and rightfully should be, and, uh, you know, degrading Jews is also illegal, again, rightfully should be. These are, this is very different from America. Um, Americans believe that hate speech is cruel. It is, there are consequences for it, not legal, but your reputation, if you are accused of hate speech, your reputation will then suffer. But hate speech is not illegal unless it is very, very excessive, which is the difference between America and Germany in that Americans still see hate speech as free speech, which is a tough thing to swallow. In, but uh, yeah, the difference is that I would say Americans still think that sexism and racism is it is an opinion, not a, a a good opinion to have, as most people would agree, but the law and the constitution of America still respects everyone to be able to be as racist as they want or to be as loving as they want. Mm -hmm. So what are your personal thoughts on hate speech being protected in the United States as a constitutional right? Wow. Uh, I would say that... My personal thoughts are that I completely support the fact that it is supported as a constitutional right. Um, hate speech, like I said, is not pretty. It's uncomfortable and it needs to be stopped, but not the legal way. It should be stopped with loving each other. Like Martin Luther King Jr. said, you know, to to stop hate, we must love each other. And so... Uh, I think the free speech, uh, the Second Amendment, which that's where it talks on free speech, is the most beautiful part of the Constitution because it, uh, in my mind, if you are giving people the opportunity to say the most lovely, the most beautiful aspects uh, or ideas that they come up with, you must also give people the freedom to say whatever comes to their mind because freedom in its definition allows anything and so with speech that can be anything and whereas 
racism and sexism is very much a majority, the majority views it as bad. There are some that view it as um, not bad, uh, to put it simply. And so just to say that the majority believes something and the minority then is, it's illegal to do that. That's in my mind wrong. And it's a tough to think about it, but you have to allow all ends of the spectrum if you're going to just call it free speech. Mm-hmm. So building on that, um, Donald Trump has been criticized by many for being allowed to run his own Twitter, which is very different from many other past presidents. Mm-hmm. They just choose to not do that. Do you think there should be any limitations for our political leaders in the United States on things such as hmm. the internet especially? I think there should be standards and um, they should be held accountable. Uh, I have no problem with a president who's using Twitter as long as he is leading in a way that is productive, beneficial for the entire country. It's clear that Donald Trump has, he has a loyal fan base and he also has a very large group of people that are strongly opposed to him. And he simply doesn't seem to care about the group that doesn't support him. So I have no problem with a president doing whatever they want to do. Um, But with Donald Trump, it is his main source of speaking to the public. And in that, he is not speaking to the entire public. He's speaking to his fan base. And so right now, he is, in my mind, proven to be a president of his party, not a president of America. And in that, I think he shouldn't be allowed to use Twitter. But gets his act together if he uh, shows to be responsible then maybe otherwise but i think much of what a president is allowed and not allowed to do is determined by whether they've earned it definitely yeah and so my final question are there any misconceptions you think germans have about american free speech as most of Mm. our listeners are german students yeah, uh, I don't think that there's a lot of misconceptions. Um, like where you're from, the Confederate flag is still very common. And I think a lot of people realize that about America. And in certain parts of America, that's very true. In other parts, it's not. Like where I'm from in Washington, like I said, it's very liberal, very progressive. Uh, one of the very first few states to pass homosexual marriage is legal. But um, America is a place that is full of racism. It's full of sexism um, to all sexes, to all races. And it's, it's unfortunate, it's sad, um, but it is also a place that is changing. And like we've seen in the past few years, uh, women are, you know, sexism as a large scale is dwindling and racism is still there. It's still in, like in the South of America, it's very, still, uh, very much still, uh, vibrant and alive. The KKK is still an organization in America. So the misconceptions, no, um, do you hear it on the street everywhere you go racism and sexism maybe not but 
um, it's America has its problems and a lot of Americans like to think that America is the greatest country in the world and all that. And uh, I don't know if I would totally support the claim because we like to ignore our problems. And so Germans who think that Americans are America is full of racism or sexism and the Confederate flag and all that. No misconception whatsoever. It's completely true and needs to change. Yeah. Thank you so much, Davis. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Uh, We've had a wonderful time making this podcast and we hope you enjoy it. This has been an unedited discussion about angry white men and free speech in America. And we hope to come back to Germany real soon. All right. Auf Wiedersehen. Bis später. Yay!